The information provided on this podcast is for general information purposes only and is not intended as a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your qualified health provider with any questions you may have. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something you have heard on this podcast. Reliance on any information provided here is solely at your own risk. Doula Share is a free event happening in the Austin area on Saturday, October 21st from 1130 to 230 at the Pflugerville Public Library. Come out and meet local doulas, check out their booths, and learn more about a variety of topics surrounding pregnancy. The first 50 people through the door will get a free swag bag. Be sure to register at the link in the show notes so we know you're coming. See you there. Welcome. This is Birth, baby. Your hosts are Sierra Morgan and Samantha Kelly. Sierra is a birth doula, hypnobirthing educator, and pediatric sleep consultant. Samantha is a birth doula, childbirth educator, and lactation counselor. Join us as we guide you through your options for your pregnancy, birth, and postpartum journey. Today we're talking with Ashley and Chase about their birth story. This family used us birth classes and birth doula services, and we cannot wait for them to share their story with you. It's also always so special when people come on that had been our clients. So thank you so much for being here today, y'all. And we're excited both of you are here. Thank you. We're excited. Thank you for having us. So to start off, can you tell us just a little bit about you and your family? Uh, sure. Um, so. Chase and I have been married for almost seven years. So it'll be seven years in November. And uh, we uh, got pregnant in um, November. Yeah, I guess it was, I found out November 1st of 2021. Um, And so we, he was born, Rain is our baby. He's uh, almost 14 months. He was born July 4th, actually. So we are a family of three. Um, we, uh, we have, uh, we, we had our animals, uh, before rain and that was our like first babies. Um, we still have our cat. Um, but, uh, unfortunately our dog, uh, Lincoln passed away. Um, I guess it was in May, early May, he was 14, but, uh, he got to meet rain and have time with rain before he, he passed away. So that was good. Um, and I, I did y'all's else. birth class at your house and Lincoln was so cute and so sweet. He had like these sweet little eyes and he would just walk around. I think he was mostly blind. <laughs> he watched yeah. us do our birth classes. <laughs> yes, he was. He was mostly blind. Yes, he he was. He got old. <laughs> Aw, well, that's so sweet. So tell us a little bit about your journey to getting pregnant and what the early days of pregnancy were like for you. Uh, okay. So we got married 2016. Um, we dated for about three years, almost four years before we got married. So actually this last February, what it was it a decade? We, we realized it would have been a decade since we've been together. Um, so 2016, we got married. Uh, we still weren't ready for kids yet. We wanted to have a few years of being married and enjoying that so we didn't decide uh to start trying until uh the beginning of 2020 actually we started we started 
trying or just when the pandemic when before we even knew it was going to be a pandemic like just kind of when people are like oh well you know we need to be careful about this and everything um it's a great pandemic actually, activity you were stuck in a house anyway try to have a baby yeah you know? right <laughs> exactly fill the time somehow right chase yeah, absolutely no like like she's talking about we were um we were together we so ashley and i like we went we did college and right out of college we started working and uh so once we got married we we talked about it and we wanted to wait and like just be together also too because Ashley and I were long distance for a few years. She lived in Toronto and I was in Austin. And um, so once we got married, we were like, now let's just, let's be together and just kind of do our thing and um, hang out, travel if we want and just, but really hone our relationship. And um, we both always wanted to be parents and I'm I'm glad that we waited. Um, But now that rain has come, like, I don't know. It's, I feel like I kept saying after he was born that I walked through a portal and like, it just, it's a different world. And he's, he's so special to us, obviously, but getting there was, was a journey. And I think that, um, and I'm sure Ashley was about to touch on this, but I I cut her off. Um, (laughs) but, (laughs) uh, we had a difficult time getting pregnant and we couldn't figure out why. And it was a struggle for Ashley um, because, and I don't mean to speak for you, but it was like, she kept talking about, I'm a woman and my job as a woman is to bear children. And one, one of the many jobs of a woman, but, um, she, she's like, why can my body not do this? And we couldn't figure out if it was me, if it was her, if it was a combination. And we went through, I I did some testing to find out if it was me, things came back fairly normal on my end and um, ran some tests, spoke to some doctors about her. And we found out that she had a, um, a septum that was blocking the process from happening. And it, um, it, it emotionally, I think it was difficult for her, but we sat down and we talked and we were like, it's um, like, we have three options. Like we either continue living the life that we've been living, which is great we are successful and we get pregnant, which is great, or we adopt, which is also a a great option. And um, I was like, I told Ashley, I was like, there's not a losing option in this scenario. Like we're going to win no matter what. So um, anyways, we we ended up going to a doctor and he removed Ashley's septum and um, also widened, what did he do? We found this out after the fact. He like told me after um, uh, learning about, I don't know if you guys have ever dealt with specialists, but a lot of times specialists, uh, doctors and and whatnot, they tend to be, um, I don't know what what a good word it is, but like Arrogant. extra. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he's like, the, he was like the best fertility doctor or is one of the best fertility doctors in Austin. And so he is very good at what he does, but he just, his bedside manners were just terrible. But anyways, he had told that me after, uh, when I did my follow-up appointment that he had like, he kept telling me every time I go for an appointment that my uterus was very small. And I was like, 
okay, yes, I know you've told me that several times. Is this a problem? And he's like, no, it's not a problem. It's just, it's better if you have more room. And I was like, okay, well, he ended up like uh, widening my uterus during that procedure as well. And I was just like, I know that was a thing. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't know that. And I was like, yeah, apparently he could just, like, like, you didn't consent. You did not consent to the widening of your uterus. <laughs> I, I did not. And like, obviously that could have been a big issue, but I think because I knew that he knew what he was doing and that I was just like, you know what? I'm not going to say anything now. If you can get me pregnant, uh, then you know what? Fine. And of course it, I did. So I was just like, okay, that's fine. Like, you know, he knew, he knew what he was doing, but yeah, he was, it was, I was like, you did what? <laughs> The, like, yeah. the doula in me is like dying to know what that looks like. Like I'm gonna have to go like Google this because I've never heard of that. That's so interesting. Yeah. Well, I will say I will say what he told me. Uh, he said when I said he he made my uterus larger. He he said I shaved down the sides of your uterus to make it larger, and I was like, what? Yeah, we were shocked. And then, like Ashley was saying, it's like, it's not a problem if we are successful, but also that's weird. And then he goes, yeah, but you guys won't be back in here. You're going to get pregnant here pretty soon. And just like speaking to his arrogance and like, sure enough. Oh my gosh. Pregnant. Yes, he was right. Um, I just have to say, like y'all doing the work of being together and working on your relationship <laughs> and all of that, it's huge probably to you know you've had those issues come up and the fertility things and all of that and I would guess that that really helped y'all get through that together because if you hadn't had that firm foundation it would have been a heck of a lot harder <laughs> to um to get through those things and I love that insight that you had Chase like no matter what you guys couldn't lose you had three really great options and um I know as the person that's having the fertility issue is probably hard to hear that because they're like, no, like I have to be pregnant. That's the, <laughs> that's the thing we're supposed to do. Uh, but I think that's a really great insight from a partner to, to be like, okay, and it's okay. And that probably took a lot of stress off of her and helped her get pregnant as well because she's like, okay, I'm not being, ex you know, so much isn't being expected of me. So tell us about your pregnancy and how that went for y'all. Um. Okay, so I'll go, I'll go back just a little bit. So I was saying that we had uh, started trying to get pregnant um, in early 2020. And um, my, my gyno, she's awesome. I love her so much. And I, you know, she had asked me, you know, at my last yearly appointment, you know, was, were we thinking about having kids and we had talked about it. And I said, yeah, we, we definitely want to have kids. We're just not there yet. And so when I did go in to tell her, okay, um, I want to start trying and I was on, um, the pill. So birth control, um, and I'd been on it since I was a teenager because I used to have really bad, um, periods. And so I initially gone on it for that. Um, and then just stayed on it. And um, so I, she's like, okay, well, you just stop taking it. And I was like, great. And then she's like, well, if you're, if you're not pregnant by six months, then come back and see me. Usually I think it's a year, but I think because of my age at the time. So I was, when I went to her, I was 33, almost 34. And so she said, I, I kind of just at, like to do it at the six month mark because you are old. Older and we don't want to like waste time um 
you know, if there is something wrong, I'd like, we'd like to figure it out earlier than you just, you know, trying and there's nothing's going to happen anyways. And I was like, yeah, I, I like that. So I had gone back to her at the six month mark because nothing was happening. And, um, and I was very regular, like cycles and everything. So um, I knew that didn't, I didn't think that was the issue. And so she was like, okay, well, let's just do some initial tests. And so we had done the initial tests and everything kept coming back normal, normal, normal. Chase had mentioned, she said, well, let's get Chase checked out. His was normal. Um, and so she said, okay, well, maybe it's just a little bit more difficult for you guys, maybe because your age, there's lots of different reasons. So um, we just kind of, we would take one step at a time. She did the initial, then she went up, you know, one um, like step and I forget what it was called that she had sent me for. Uh, I'd have to look it up, but basically maybe you guys know um, where I had to go to an ARA um, imaging center and like they basically ballooned my uterus and they put dye so that uh, for my tubes and basically to see if there was any blockage in there, um, which uh, was honestly more uncomfortable and painful than birth. Like I, and I was like, after I fit, like went through that, I was like told Chase, I was like, I never want to do that again. Like that was horrible. It was so uncomfortable and it was painful and I didn't like it. We hear that a lot. We hear that a lot about, um, any sort of fertility treatments. Like we, we've had people with IVF say like their IVF was so awful. And then they're like, oh, labor was so much easier. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was terrible. And I, like, and I had cramping for like 24 hours after it, it was, it was just not good, but there was like two benefits of it was the benefit. Number one was to see if my tubes were, um, if there was any blockage. And then also it, they say like for three or four months, it actually increases your fertility because it kind of fleshes you out. And so makes it easier for passage and of the egg and everything. Um, so we'd done that. Well, you know, and here I'm thinking, okay, great, maybe now nothing. And so we ended up reaching the year mark. And I went back to my guy and I was like, it's been a year. Like, what, what do we do now? And she was like, I've exhausted everything that I know. She's like, I think it's time that you go see a fertility specialist. And so she, um, did some recommendations and I looked into my insurance and you know, who they would cover and everything. And we uh, found our um, fertility doctor and um, went to see him. And uh, the first uh, appointment we went to uh, both chase and I went, cause he said, it, you know, they had, the nurses had told us like, it's good for you both to come. Cause he's going to ask you a lot of questions and like, it, you know, obviously has to do with chase as well. And, so we went and we went through all the questioning and, you know, basically answering all the questions we've already been answering for the last year. And uh, so he was like, all right, well, okay. I think I got a good picture. He's like, you know, let me, let's go. Um, I'd like to do a quick ultrasound just to see what I see. And I was like, okay, here we go again, another ultrasound. And we go in there and he's, and Chase was there and within like, a minute of him doing he's like oh you have a septum and I was like a what he's like you have a uterus septum 
And I was just like, okay, I don't understand. What is that? And he was like, then he explained the whole, like, this is what I'm going to say is like a very, uh, you know, dumbed down version of like, he was good because people listening to this aren't scientific usually. (laughs) So that'll be good. We all need the dumbed down version. Yeah. Well, he, he had it like, cause he did medical first. And I was like, I still don't understand. And he said, okay. He's like, so when you're, uh, forming in the uterus, when you're a baby females, your uterus starts off as two halves. And by the time that you're born, they fuse together and become one. And in five to 7% of females, uh, that does not happen. It doesn't, it doesn't form fully. And so sometimes there's a septum, like in your nose, like your nose is two parts, but back further up it, it, you know, and so he said that the septum part, like, which is just cartilage, it doesn't have any blood supply or vessels in there or anything. It's just in like, so it's like a heart shaped almost. And so there's different degrees of how bad your, like how long your septum is. Mine, um, from what I understand, wasn't the worst he'd seen, but still it could, it could hamper getting pregnant. Cause if one, if, even if we, we, we were, um, getting a fertilized egg when it tried to implant, if it implanted on the septum, there was no blood supply for it to survive. And so then it would die. And so that's why we weren't having any six or not. Obviously we can't be a hundred percent sure, but that could have been one of the main reasons why we couldn't get pregnant. And so he's telling us this and like, so I've got like a million questions, but my main thing is it's like, I kept thinking like, well, like, can we fix this? And I think it was chase. That was just like, just stopped me. He's like, okay, but can we fix this? And he was just like, yeah no problem. Well, yeah, I can do surgery. I'll just take it out. Like no problem. (laughs) This is where that ego and that like straightforwardness comes in really helpful. He's like, of course I can. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. He's like, no, no big, no big deal. Like it's a day procedure. I could do it in like an hour. We're just (laughs) like, okay. So he basically, he just then told us, you know, uh, we you have to wait for a certain time in your cycle for you do it. So he, we were able to schedule for the next cycle and he, I went in for a day um, surgery. Like it was like, you go in, you get put under, he removed the septum. And as we said before, he, he made my uterus larger at the same time to make it more off, you know, uh, it more of a, what did he say? It was a, a a more optimal, I think, or something like that for me. Maybe you know, hospitable if I had or something. Yes, something like yeah. that. Like if I had more room and I was like, okay. So anyways, the, I don't know. I was only under for like a couple hours. And then when I was like good to go, my, I got to go home and recover and then he, oh, and he told, so then I went to the follow-up three weeks later and he uh, did an ultrasound said everything had, uh, was healing the way that it should. And, and then he says, okay, well now go. And if, if you don't, if you're not pregnant in three months, then come back. And I said, okay. So 
that was April of 2022, no, 21, sorry. And I guess it was in September, we were not pregnant. And so, again, it was like, you know, when, when you're not trying to get pregnant and you're, you every month you're getting your period and, you know, you're like, oh, not again. Like, no, no, like, I don't know any woman that's like when they're not trying to get pregnant that wants the period and they're out. But when you are, it's like a totally different experience. Like, you're just like, please don't come, please don't come. And every month, especially, you know, as the time kept going and it's just like every month I would just lose it. Cause I would just be like, it was such a feeling of defeat. Like what, like, why won't this work? I just, you know, all these years that, you know, and I obviously done all the research and I've been to all these specialists and all this. And, you know, I know all about the cycles and, you know, your, your, uh, your highest fertility window and I'm tracking. And I even was like doing like, um, like temperature and, you know, for ovulation and all this. And I'm going, I know way too much about how you get pregnant. And I'm like, which brings up another point that they, when you're in like middle school and high school, whenever they do, you know, sex ed, they make it out like it's like so easy. And I'm just like, Hey, I need to go back to those classes. <laughs> like, okay, let me tell you. I, I need both sides that, told. Yeah. I remember thinking that when I when I was trying to get pregnant with my son, because we also tried for about a year with him. And I at that time was working um, in a youth ministry and I had a couple of kids that got pregnant, you know, just on accident, teenagers. And I remember being so annoyed about it. So I was like, they can just get pregnant at like when they like think about it. But here I am trying forever and I can't get pregnant and I actually should be pregnant. <laughs> and I was so annoyed about it. I, I've had that conversation with a few people over the years of like, like, yes, it could be easy. But also, if you are trying, it is not. It's really yeah, not. Yeah, I mean, maybe you should. Yeah, it would be nice to normalize with kind of a younger generation that, yes, be careful because you could get pregnant very easily. But also, some people do struggle with fertility and, mm. you know, knowing that so that it's not like you're shocked later on in life when you're trying to get pregnant. Yeah, not a bad idea. I think it's also important to like, age plays you know maybe yeah. at 17 18 it it is very easy mm -hmm. but as you get into your mid-30s your body has changed and I mean we have evolved quite a bit um but I don't know maybe some things are lacking in evolution and yeah. I don't know <laughs> no <laughs> absolutely you're right Absolutely right. That's why they call it a geriatric pregnancy, which is rude. Anyone who's ever said that, rude. So rude. <laughs> it's so rude. Oh, you don't even. Okay. When they get my discharge papers from after I gave birth and I went home, I was looking through all this because they give you like a like a book full of stuff, and I was just mm -hmm. like going through it. And then there was my discharge paper. I, I wish I kept the photo because I sent it to Chase, but the discharge paper said something about geriatric, like pregnancy but it was like even worse it was like what did it say chase and i like it texted was, it uh, it was like advanced maternal age and geriatric and i don't yeah, know like it's it just rude. had to like keep 
I was just like, okay, they really Dig need that, to come up with a better that knife in a this. little deeper. That's right. So yeah. after all of that, what, you know, when, when did you end up getting pregnant and, and what were the, what was pregnancy like for you? Um, Can I say so something real quick, was... Ashley? To, yeah, yeah, go for it. Um, she, we ended up getting pregnant. Like I was working away and I, um, I would come home on the weekends. I was working up in the Dallas Fort Worth area and I would travel home on the weekends. I had a, I was supposed to work. Um, I think it was on a Saturday and I wasn't going to be able to make it home, but then we were also trying to get pregnant while I was working away and like trying to time, time it right. And, uh, I had a surprise day off and immediately got in the car and I drove home and like, um, we had, we had a weekend together and it, it was nice, but, um, that's like the, that surprise day off is what led to our son. And like, Aww, we were able to, we yeah, we were successful that, that, that time. And like, after all the waiting, it took one surprise day off me driving 200 miles home. And I love that. That's so great. Sweet. It was awesome. Cause like when, Meant to be. Uh, shortly thereafter, like my job took me up to Montana and then it was just like, okay, we're going to have to wait till the job ends. Um, but I was unloading some equipment and it was, uh, October or November. It was, it was November, um, November in Montana, there was snow everywhere. I was freezing. My phone's ringing and I, I have to excuse myself from work. Cause it's Ashley. And I'm like, it's weird. Why is she calling me right now? And, um, I walked over and she was just in tears screaming that we were, we were pregnant and I traced it back and it was that surprise day off. And That's awesome. Chills. I, I have I'm literal sorry, I really chills. wanted to say that before Ashley, she, she can go into more detail, but like, it was just so neat to me that it, that was the, the time. The more spontaneous time, the one that was relaxed, the one that wasn't overplanned. Right. Exactly. That's so great. I love it. Well, so actually I have to, we, we do need to go back a little bit because Chase, that, that is what happened, but it wasn't as spontaneous. Like he, the spontaneousness was the fact that he had a surprise day off, but right. uh, I was saying that. So like that fertility doctor had told us, you know, come back in three months if you're not pregnant. And I wasn't, and it was in September that I made an appointment and I was like, okay, so like, I'm going into this appointment, like super annoyed and just like, okay, what is going on? Like you said, that's going to fix it and everything. And so I went back and he was like, all right, well, maybe you just need a little bit of help. Let's just, let's just do a round of Clomid. And I was just like, okay, that's, that's fine. We'll, we'll, and you know, I had had friends tell me about Clomid and some, sometimes it takes up to three cycles or I guess my fertility doctor had said, you know, I'm not going to do it more than three cycles because he says that he didn't find much success after the three month mark. If it was going to work, it would work in the first three months. And then we could go like to the second, um, I guess it was another drug, but this one is the one he wanted to start with. And so like, I, you know, that's again, all timed with your cycle and you've got to take for like the first five days of your, of your cycle. And then, then you have to come back in um, at the 14 day mark because they want to check to see if you're ready to ovulate and all of that. And so I did. And when I had gone back in, 
he he was like, oh, I don't I don't know if this has worked. He's like, it's it's your your eggs aren't at the point where I think they're going to like where you're going to ovulate. And I was just like, oh, man. And he's like, but you know what? Come back in three days. Maybe you're just, you know, everybody's different and maybe you ovulate a little bit later. And I was just like, okay. So I like left there and I was like super like bummed. And I just was like, I remember calling Chase and telling him and he's like, you know, it it's okay. Like, you know, we're going to figure this out and trying to give me a pep talk. And I just remember like getting off the phone and I'm just like, I just started praying. I just was praying so hard. I was like, please God, like, just just help me here. Just like make it so that I can ovulate, like give me a chance. And I remember going back in the three day mark and it was a Sunday. So it was like, they, I guess I didn't realize the fertility and it makes sense because your cycle doesn't like stop because it's a weekend. So they always have on-call doctors. So my doctor wasn't on call. So I just saw another doctor that was just checking and uh, anyways, he checked and he's like, oh, wow. He's like, yeah, you're going to ovulate in the next 18 hours. And I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, how do you know 18 hours? He's like, I've been doing this a long time. He's like, so you've got 18 hours. Um, so yeah, just uh, go home. And I was like, uh, my husband's not home. And he's like, oh, well, that's a problem. <laughs> I was like, uh, you think? So all those prayers about ovulation and then Chase also gets a day off. Yes. So that's kind of an answer prayer right there, friend. Right. I was like, well, he's not home. And I was like, again, I'm like going, okay. I'm like, cause he's like up in Fort Worth area. And I was like, okay, three hours. All right. So if I leave now, okay, I'm going to take the day off tomorrow. I'll just go there. I know he has to work. I know. I'm like, I'm like, I'm going to him. Like get out of my way. And then he like, I like call him after the appointment and I like tell him like, you know, I'm making all these plans. And then he's like, no, like you don't have to, like, I'm, I'm going to get in the car right now. He's like, I I don't have to go in. And I was like, what? He's like, yeah. And like, he came home on that Monday and like within that 18 hours. And like Chase said, it was like that, that was it. There's a baby. That's so cool. It's giving me it's giving me friends flashbacks of like Monica and and Chandler trying to get pregnant when Chandler was living in like where is it Tulsa? That's what I'm feeling. Oh yeah, oh He's just yes. a piece of meat at that point. Chase, were you just a piece of meat? You're like I'm just being used at this point. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> like this is not sexy anymore. We just talked to have sex and have a baby. I'm sure he didn't mind. I love it. So. Um, before we kind of get into the birth, um, cause I know the birth uh, after that real long trying to get pregnant phase, the birth was definitely not long, but before we get into that, was there anything, um, about your pregnancy that you want to share? Uh, actually my pregnancy was, I, I don't have anything to compare to obviously, but I, like it was it went so well. Like I loved being pregnant. I, I felt good. I, the first trimester, even like, I know a lot of other women struggle through first trimester with morning sickness and other things. And I, I didn't have any, the only hiccup I would say that I can really report on was of in February 
uh, of 2022. So that would have made me about six, uh, 20 weeks. It, well, it was 19 weeks. I remember because they wouldn't send me up to the uh, maternity. They made me stay emergency because apparently you have to be 20 weeks or more to go up to the maternity. And so I was in emergency. And the reason I had gone is I was getting like extreme, um, like cramping and, it felt like what I used to have when I was a teenager, like the cramping for periods then, but it was like different, but it was like very painful. And I was like, what is going on? And it scared me. Um, so Chase was like, he was away working. He's like, I think you should just go to the, to the ER just to check. And so like, I had my na- neighbor drive me. Um, we found out that it was, um, oh my goodness. What is it called? Um, like Braxton Hicks. Hicks. No, it wasn't Braxton Hicks. It's when your uterus has grown and it's stretching your ligament. Oh, like a uh, round ligament. Round ligament oh, pain. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yes. That can be a stinker. And I do vaguely remember you telling us. Yeah, I do too. Now. Yeah. Yeah. And you I didn't tell you us when you went. Me. You told us, I think, the next day, didn't you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, well, you? I had asked you guys like a couple because I had kind of started having it and I start. I, I I didn't tell you I was going to emergency. I texted you and it was like a Friday. I remember that. And I was just like asking you and you're like, and I was like, do you think I should go to the emergency? And you're just like, if you have to question that, then yes, you should go. And, but then I never told you I was going. It was the next day. I was like, yeah, I went to the emergency. And you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> no, you always like, didn't want to bother us because you were just trying yeah. to be respectful. But I was like, you hired us to do this. This is exactly what we're here for. She texted me, I was at work and I was working in Austin, actually a few blocks from the hospital, but she texted me. She's like, I'm at the hospital now. I'm having these pains. And so like for the rest of the day, I was just not focused on work. I didn't think it was anything super serious. I knew that she was in pain, but like, um, I still, I supported her going to the hospital to get it checked out. There's no point in risking anything. Um, but uh, as soon as like I finished work that day, I threw the equipment in the car. I think I said goodbye to one person and just like went to the hospital. I ended up going to the wrong part of the hospitals in the cardiac place. And I was like, how do I get here? And they're like, oh, it's about four blocks that way. And then you take a left. And I was like, oh, my goodness. And when I finally got there, um, they had just taken the uh, the monitor out to like check his heartbeat. And I was like, can you guys bring it back in? Because I had not heard his heartbeat at that point. And they were like, no, you kind of missed the opportunity. Uh, oh. And so they were like, but you're good. You guys are good to go. You're dismissed. Nothing's wrong. And, uh, and so we left. And, you know, I think, actually, I think the pain went away within a day or two. But um Yeah. It, you know what? Well, yeah, they, you know what yeah, they're, they're like, go ahead. No, go, no, you go ahead. I was just gonna say, I it was like, as soon as they checked brain, and I knew that he was okay. Then, like, I think that had a lot because, like, I think when you're stressed out, that makes things feel worse. And so, as soon as I knew he was okay, then I was like totally okay with the pain because I was like, well, if it's not affecting him and it's nothing to do with his well-being, then like whatever, it's pain I can deal with it. And like I remember, I like, motherhood. Him, <laughs> I, know, I was like, I, they're like, they're like, well, they're like, do you want a Tylenol? And I was like, 
nah, it's fine. And they're like, well, we're going to give you some IV. Uh, like just because sometimes it could be from dehydration, like can contribute to it. So they like put me on an IV. Um, and so we did that. And then it was like after midnight by the time I got discharged and they like sent, sent me home. And then it was like, yeah, like Chase said, I think it was only like it kind of dissipated and it came back a few days later, pretty bad. But then after that, it was done. It was like, well, I never had any pain again. And our neighbor is the one that, because I was working, our neighbor is the one that took her to the doc or to the hospital. And we found out like four weeks later, five weeks later that she was pregnant and she was pregnant at the time that Ashley had to go to the hospital. And we're like, wow. you must have been so stressed and worried in your own mind. And she was like, yeah, a little bit. The empathy. But yeah, for sure. Really great. You know, one of the. Yeah. One of the things that I remember a lot about you guys through your pregnancy is when I think when you hired us, actually, I think you were pretty convinced, like you wanted to have an epidural and you're like, I have a lot of kind of anxiety around all everything that's going to be with the labor. And I just, I just want like the safety of an epidural of the feeling of not having to feel. <laughs> and I remember I came to do your prenatal meet, or I think it was your prenatal meeting or something. And you had totally flipped the script. You're like, no, I've been reading about it. And I just think that my body can do this. And I just, I just want to do it on my own. And I was like shocked because you had just completely done a 180. So we ended up doing a private birth class at your house um, to kind of teach you guys some of those skills to do that. And I was so impressed with just the flip within your mind. Do you remember that? I do. Uh, the flip had been... I think, I don't know if it was necessarily that I wanted an epidural. I was just really uh, nervous and like, I kind of wanted to be all hooked up and everything. Cause I was just, my anxiety was high thinking about, you know, birth. Cause um, so I was diagnosed with generalized anxiety when I was in my early twenties. Um, and I went on um, uh, uh a medication and I had been on medication for since I was 20, 21. And I actually, when I, we decided that I wanted, that we wanted to try to start getting pregnant in January of 2020, I actually weaned myself off of it. Cause I did not want to be on this anxiety medication. I wanted to have, you know, nothing that would ever affect my baby in any way. And so I was like, I'm going to wean myself off. And I had already prepared myself you know, by I like throughout the years, I've all I've done, you know, seen I've always seen a, a, um, a therapist and like done classes and like, just learn different coping skills. And so I was like, I can do this on my own without medication and started really doing a lot of yoga and meditation and working out. And so I was able to come off the medication and still feel good and, and have my anxiety at a minimum. Um, but then, like I said, I started doing research and like started learning about postpartum um, depression and anxiety. And I that's really what I was nervous of. I was like, I just I, I can't, especially when I have a baby, like I hear like horror stories of women that just they just hits them and it's just really difficult. And I was just like, I need to do everything I possibly can to try to prevent it. And I remember you know, doing the research. And that's why I found out that, you know, the less 
you interfere with the birthing process, the more likely uh, it is that you won't suffer from it. And so I was like, you know what, anything I can do, I'm going to do. And so that kind of, sorry, you're right. You're right. I totally missed that in my brain. I forgot that it was that it wasn't the pain you were worried about. It was kind of like the safety aspect you were worried about. And especially with having tried so long to conceive, that's very common for parents to feel that way. Um, So you ended up deciding that a hospital birth was still where you wanted to be, but that you wanted the least amount of intervention in the hospital. Yes. And that's when you actually told me about hypnobirthing. And I was just like, oh, what is this? And I remember I had talked to you about it without Chase, because I remember telling Chase about it. And he's like, you want to do what? <laughs> Typical response, because <laughs> it Chase- sounds weird. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Chase could probably speak to that when I told him what I wanted to do, because he always like he was he was kind of like, okay, I guess if this is what you want to do. But well, I I remember actually we were driving somewhere, um, going on a trip, and we had a a call with you, Sierra, about you know the services you all provide and um, hypnobirthing, and I, I. I remember I said, no disrespect to you, but what do you do? I mean, I can roll my wife over. I remember this so well. And and like, I mean, typical, I I guess it's a typical guy response. I mean, I don't know. And I can um, roll my wife over and get her water. You make me laugh so hard. That's so funny. And I I didn't mean it in a, in a disrespectful way. I just didn't know. And, uh, and I just remember you were like, why don't you take her class? Like it's such a sit down and let well take our class and you can learn what I do. And and I'm glad that I did because again, when Ashley did um approach me about hypnobirthing, my response to her was like, okay, granola head, like we're gonna do this hypnobirth. But I'm totally I've actually I think it's important to say that I have recommended hypnobirthing to three friends. I are we had a spare wow. book. And I gave a book to a friend and um, he and his wife, I actually don't think they ended up doing hypnobirthing, but it wasn't too far off of, they, they, they utilized a lot of the practices of hypnobirthing and it was a successful birth. And um, and I bet having another man that came to them, like saying that was, it made a difference, you know, seeing that other people are open to it because a lot of people talk about the pain meds they want to use and things like that. And they talk about like kind of negative stories, but you guys having a positive story to share and a way to achieve that, I'm sure made a difference. I think so. I think that, you know, I understand it may not be for everyone. Um, It was the right choice for us for sure. Um, And I'm glad that we went down that route. Um, It's just very much in line of the lifestyle that Ashley and I, uh, live by, you know, I, we don't, we try to keep stress to a minimum in our home and Ashley's always been, well, since I've known her, always been very in tune with yoga. And I always kind of describe to people that hypnobirthing, when they ask me what it is, I'm like, imagine like if yoga were a birthing practice, that's what hypnobirthing is. And, um, it, it just is very much about your breath and your body. And the, the thing that whenever I'm telling people about it, um, and just how powerful your mind can be. The, the example I use is from the class that 
from your class about the, the uh, lemon on the cutting block in the kitchen. And I, you know, I always tell people like, I'm going to shorten this down. I'm going to dumb it down, but you'll understand the point of it. And I kind of run them through. Like, I think your example was a three, four five minute example about the lemon in the kitchen. But um, I, I like do the cliff notes version 15 seconds and they, their mouth still salivates. You know, I'm like, I salivated just by you talking about it. <laughs> right. And, and I, that and the example of the, the cat in the barn that I think the, it was the woman who founded the practice um, when she was a daughter, when she was a, a little girl um, that she experienced, like those two examples stuck with me. And I think that it's important um, for people to explore that if, if that's something yeah. that they want to they want to go down a road they want to go down yeah so when you were in labor uh rationally was it anything you like you thought it was going to be <laughs> oh boy uh so something I probably should have told you guys before when we found this out later when you're like yeah that's something you should have told me so 100%. I actually was born really quickly so my mom had me from her first contraction to me being born was an hour and a half and so I was really quick and I didn't realize that was an important thing to tell you guys <laughs> but so like you know when we did the hypnobirthing classes with you guys um with Sierra it was uh you know and you had made it clear that everybody's different but you had said that statistically first births uh, do take longer because your body has not given birth before. So it takes a little bit longer to kind of kick in and to the process to, to happen. And so, you know, we had, we had had all of the, like our birth plan was, you know, what we were going to do when I started to go into labor. And usually you have a lot of time and, you know, part of hypnobirthing is getting in that zone. And, you know, we had our music and I had my birthing ball and all that stuff. And, so like, <laughs> so Rain's uh, due date was July 11th. Obviously, we know that's just a, uh, an estimate. And so uh, it, this was on uh, July 3rd was a Sunday. And our friends had asked us if they could take us out for dinner as a kind of like, you know, because they knew that once we gave birth, like we were not going to be available, you know, as easily for a long time. And so they're like, you know, let's go out for a dinner and we'll just, you know, celebrate and, and all that. So we had gone out for dinner. And then after dinner, we had gone out over to a, a bar and, uh, you know, Chase is really celebrating. I, I'm having mocktails, obviously. And at one point, I was like, getting really tired. And it was like nine o'clock. I was like, Chase, I'm like, I'm really tired. He's like, okay, just one more, one more. And I was like, okay. And so he ended up having just like one more beer. And then we went home and it was like, I don't know, midnight. And our dog had come and woke me up um, and was like acting really weird. And I was like, Lincoln, I was like, go back to bed. It's not time. Cause usually he would wake up early and like want his breakfast. And I looked at the clock. I'm like, it's midnight, like go to bed. And so he would not leave me alone and I was like maybe he has to go outside so like put him outside no he doesn't want that and so I was like okay I'll just lie on the couch with him so I didn't want to wake Chase up so I lie down on the couch 
fall asleep with with the dog and then at like three in the morning I woke up and I was having cramps cramping and it was like Braxton Higgins and I had had that for like a few weeks before like off and on and then but it would just like dissipate and go away and so I just thought okay so I like do like every other night getting up to go pee like every you know hour and so like I got up and went to the bathroom and then I went back to lie down and it's like not going away. And I was like, okay, I'll just get up and walk around. Maybe that'll help and it'll go away. And I start walking around and well, that's not working. And like, I feel like it's getting worse. And so then I finally, I'm like, I think I might be in labor. And so like, I went in and I like woke up chase and I was like, Hey, and he's like, what's up? And I was like, I think I'm in labor. And he was just like, Oh, He's like, really? And I was like, yeah. It's three in the morning. Yeah, it's three in the morning. And, you know, we ended up staying out later than we had planned. And he's like, okay, well, because one of the things that we had learned in birthing class and hypnobirthing is that, like, if you can, especially in the middle of the night, like, if you can sleep through some of it, like, it's better because you want to, like, be as well rested as you can. And so, like, that's what Chase's suggestion. He's like, well, just lie down. Like, go try to go back to sleep. And then when you when when you wake up, we'll, you know, start our like our whole plan of like, you know, put our music on and we'll, you know, we'll do maybe we'll bake some cookies, you know, we'll just, you know, all this. And I said, so he like turns hindsight, over it's hilarious. Have, yeah. He like turns over and he's like gonna go back to sleep. And I was like, no, like I'm not going back to sleep. I'm like like Chase, I'm in labor and like like active labor. And he's like Ashley, like, I know you're really excited. And I'm just like, and he's like, okay, well, let's time them. And I said, perfect. And so like, he got up and got the app and he, like, we do a couple of uh, uh, waves and he's timing them. And then when he's done, he like looks at, he's like, are you sure you're telling me when one wave ends and the next one begins? And I like looked at him, I was like, Yes, I think I know when I have pain and then don't have pain and then have pain again. And he's like, huh, well, this is saying that you're two minutes apart. And I was like, uh, okay. And so he's like, he's still like not believing it. And so like my parents are in town. So they're in like the spare bedroom. And so like he goes in and like wakes up my mom and he's like, Liz. And he like shows her the app and he's like, I don't know if this is working. And like he, and she looks at her and she's like two minutes. And she's like, and Chase is like, yeah, but I think, I think, and my mom's like, okay, let me go do it. And so like, she comes in and I'm in my bedroom. And so then my mom like starts doing it with me and, and does the timing. And it again, comes out to two minutes apart. And she's like, Ashley, I think you need to get dressed. And Chase, I think you need to go get the car now. And Chase was like, okay. So like, again, I don't know if Chase is like, really because again he's been told all this time that we have all this time <laughs> so he, he's kind of like and I I don't know Chase told me that my dad at one point came in like because Chase was like hadn't gotten snacks together because like that's another thing they told us like bring snacks and so he's trying to like get snacks in the pantry <laughs> well she's all excited so I start packing the bag and I get the ball and slowly packing the car and then I'm like well what snacks are gonna sound good over the next day or two so I go into the pantry and I'm just kind of 
looking around in the pantry and her dad comes and he's from Newfoundland. And so he has kind of a funny accent and he's like, Hey buddy, you gotta go. <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, Oh really? And, uh, he's like, yeah, get out of here. You have to leave. So, um, we get in the car and while we're driving, I'm still like telling Ashley to communicate to me and trying to time her waves and Ashley looks at me and she goes, I think we're past that point now. You can set the phone down and just drive the car. And I said, okay. So I set the phone down and then we get to the hospital. And I I remember when y'all went into labor, I think maybe I had had a baby like the day before, or for some reason I was awake when you texted to say you were on your way to the hospital. Um, but you sounded so like, so chill. And I was like, oh, like, okay, maybe they're just going in a little bit, a little bit earlier. And I remember kind of chatting a little bit and Sierra was the one that was on call. So she got to be there with y'all. But I, I remember her like texting me and being like, yeah, I, I think things are like just going really fast. And I was like, whoa, well, that's pretty cool. Like not mad about that, but yeah. Like, so what happened when you got to the hospital? The triage oh, nurse was so rude and oh, like yeah. I remember you telling me about that. Yeah. Asking us about our birth plan after birth. And uh we were like, I think we're just gonna have a baby today. And um we'll worry about the rest of the stuff later. And then she started like criticizing you guys, and she's like, Where's your doula? And we're like, probably at home. It's 3 30 in the morning. And she was like, Well. You should, you should get them here. And I was like, well, you know, we, we've texted them and we, they're, they want us to find out how far along we are, how dilated Ashley is. And she was like, well, I don't know what you're paying them for. And I was like, well, I mean, if, if they have time, it's three in the morning, like we need to be respectful of that too. And y'all were so chill. Like, you know, we have some, some benchmarks typically of when we come join you. And part of that is, is when are you asking for us? You weren't asking for us. Y'all were, y'all were living the life. Well, yeah. And then they, they checked on Ashley finally. And the lady was, what you were eight centimeters, I think upon arrival. And then Sierra, you were like, Oh boy. (laughs) And, uh, got there as soon as possible but no so like well the thing was is that like chase had texted sarah when we were on like just before we left the house and said like what do we do and she's like well um why don't you before i like get in my car and come out like just get to the hospital get checked at triage and because she's also not thinking that i'm eight centimeters because that's like very abnormal for a pregnancy even second pregnancies i don't think usually go that fast and uh, so she was like, yeah, just let me know. And then we'll make a decision. And so we're like, yeah, no problem again. Like, and it was, it was really funny. Cause my mom had asked me when she was like um, timing my, like after she's like, well, Ashley, like how, like how intense are your contractions? And I was like, well, they hurt. And she's like, well, that doesn't help. <laughs> But again, I actually had like, and we've now proven it even more. Like we knew, like we thought that I had a pretty high tolerance for pain before. Like I've broken my ankle. And even during that, like Chase was like, I don't know how you're doing this. Like, and I'm just like, I don't know. Like, 
So I have a high tolerance for pain. And so like when my mom asked that, she's like, actually, that's not helping. And I was like, well, I don't know what you want me to say. But you don't know how to but, quantify that, right? Like, I mean, yeah. it's because it's not, it's not the worst pain of your life. We were just talking about this earlier. It's like with labor, a lot of times we're told like, it's the worst pain of your life. And so you're yeah. expecting that, but then when it's not, because it's really not, I mean, it, it, it can be very intense and everybody handles it and experiences it differently. But if you're expecting that and then it's not that, you're like, well, maybe it's just not as bad yet. I don't know. Right. Mm. And so like my mom was just like, okay, go ahead, Chase. Oh, no, no. Here, go for it. Uh, I just, I'm going to interrupt. Just it's my turn. I'm interrupting because this is a birth uh -huh. podcast. And guess what I have to go do? Gotta go to ah, that's hilarious. We just got a call that a mama is in labor and finally needs my physical support. So Samantha's gonna take over all the way here. And I'm sad because uh well at least I was there. I already know the story very well. Samantha's the one who wasn't there. So I know I'm excited <laughs> to hear it from the other side because Sierra talks about this one all the time. But give that mama Chase, all our love. And Chase, don't forget to tell how we teamed up and you didn't have to do what they told her to do at the oh, hospital. Yeah. Oh, Absolutely. I'm not going to let him out of that. And you told the doctor what for. <laughs> All right. Much love to y'all. Bye. Thank you. Bye, Sarah. Um, okay. So I got, so Chase told you about the triage was like terrible. Um, and so she like, Chase had then, when she said I was eight centimeters, he like texted Sarah and was like, uh, she's eight centimeters. And Sarah was like, oh my God, okay, I'm on my way. And she had like a 45 minute drive. And so uh, she like, I don't, I don't know if she sped or not, but I don't know. Cause I like when you're- Oh, she labor, booked it. I'm, she booked it. Yeah, I'm sure she did. All I know is that when you're in labor, your concept of time is like just weird. Like I didn't, like I felt like, like a minute was sometimes I felt like it was an hour and then another minute would feel like 30 seconds. Like it was, it was just very different, but then she checked me like after, cause then they were trying to put the monitor on me to monitor range, make sure he was okay. And this is in triage. And I was like, kept moving. And this is just going back to how terrible this triage nurse was. I think she was a midwife, which also blew my mind, but she was just like, I, you have to stop moving because I can't get this on you. And I just like stopped and I'm like, uh, okay, I'm, I'm trying, but I'm also in pain. <laughs> um, so anyways, she then checked me after she did the monitoring and, you know, rain was okay. She checked me again and she's like, you're transitioning. And I was like, I'm what? Cause I couldn't remember what that meant. And yeah. she's like, you're going to get ready to push. And I was like, uh, and, literally she said that and then that's when I had my first urge where my body like I had no control and so it just pushed and so then she started yelling at me to well not here don't push here and I'm like I'm not pushing what do you expect from me yeah. like and so then like wheeled me down like and she's yelling to get the labor but this was 4th of July at this point like it, it it's it's in the morning and so they're like not fully staffed and so there's taking them longer to do stuff. And so like, that's why getting into the, and two, they also didn't think like, until she said eight centimeters, they were taking their time. And then when she said eight centimeters, they were trying to get a birthing room ready, a labor room. And so then anyways, they like rushed me down there and like, 
then they're like, okay, can you get on from this bed to this bed? Um, you know, with some help? And I said, yeah, I think so. And as I'm transitioning into the into the bed that I'm supposed to give birth in, my water broke. And I just like, in that moment, and of course, now they have to change everything. And so that's like, anyways, I just remember like, getting in like the bed and like just starting to do everything and then that's when Sierra like arrived and she's like I'm here I'm here and we're like okay good thank god yeah yeah. I I remember from that morning um like uh, and you guys kept talking about like how how calm we were I think it was more just ignorance on our part um Cause like when we showed up to the hospital, I was like, Ashley, let's go in. We'll get you settled. And then I'll come out and I'll get our bag and this ball that you want to have and all that stuff. And our birth plan, um, everything like we had laminated our birth plan. We were prepared. Um, so then we go in and we get her settled and then things are just moving very rapidly. And, um, when they transitioned Ashley from triage to that, the, uh, birthing room, I I was like, I asked the nurse, I was like, is this a good time for me to go and get the bag and our birth plan and all that stuff? And she was like, no, not right now. And I was like, okay, I'll have time later. And then the water broke and they handed me the um, bedding that they had changed. And I was like, what do you want me to do with this? And they were like, I don't know. It's, we're understaffed. It's 4th of July, just hold it. And, uh, and I was like, okay, so I'm holding it. And I look at them and I'm like, I just, I remember I just set it in a corner and I go, is this a good time for me to go get my bag? And they were like, there's no bag, man. Let the bag go. You're not getting a bag today. <laughs> and I was like, okay. Um, so then, yeah, Sierra came and I did not have a digital version of our birth plan on my phone. Luckily she did. Cause I didn't remember everything. And, um, you know, as things are rapidly progressing and uh, they have uh, doctors that are tag teaming going, I think they had four births going on that morning and they had two doctors and, um, and uh, nurses are just coming in and out. They couldn't find some medication to give Ashley that we did agree on. And um, then it it was it was a disaster it was i remember also it was freezing in that room like uncomfortably mm-hmm. cold and um anyways they uh they we ended up having one doctor come in and she she helped guide ashley through the birth and like found out that ashley was they were like so when we asked you to push use these muscles and the doctor actually like pointed and touched the muscles that Ashley needed to use. And um, right. it just, my we perineum. Were, yeah. Yeah. She was using the wrong, the wrong muscles when she was pushing. Um, anyway. Well, also yeah. too, I was, pra- I was practicing hypnobirthing. And so I definitely, and I don't, it's hard. Cause like, I can't see, like I, I was in my zone and I think that, you know, they during hypnobirthing, you know, when you're learning about it, you're learning the the proper birth breathing. And I, uh, you know, you think you're doing it right until you actually are giving birth. And I, I found out that I was not doing it correctly. But soon as 
she put pressure on my perineum and I realized, and then, then I had it. And so like, I was pushing, but it wasn't being effective. Like it was like, it just, I was exerting energy and nothing was happening. And so like, soon as I figured out, okay, and then I, then I could do my breath where it needed to go and, and everything. And so like, I was very much in a zone. And so like, that's why Chase had to really like, speak up and Sierra was there obviously to help with that. Um, But yeah, Sierra, Sierra talks about, about this birth. If any, if any of you listening have ever taken a class with Sierra or ever had a prenatal with Sierra, you have probably heard this story about Chase and how he handled this whole conversation because he handled it. I've heard it so many times. I feel like I was there. He handled it with so much grace. I think it, it was a new provider coming in who wanted to give Ashley Pitocin prophylactically after the delivery. And so uh and so you know she came in kind of saying that they wanted this to happen and y'all had already talked about that prenatally with your provider and so there was a lot of back and forth on that and then what what did what did you end up saying there chase do you remember i do i just remember that they they wanted to give ashley what was the medication called pitocin Um, pitocin and um they wanted to put her on a four-hour drip and especially now in hindsight, given that the entire birth was three and a half hours, a four hour drip of, of Pitocin isn't, I didn't, we didn't think that was going to be necessary. And actually when she was in her right state of mind, not giving birth, um, she had told me that she did not want to do that. And, um, you know, they asked her while she's in the middle of a birth, like, would you like to do this? And Ashley just says like, yes, yes, I don't care. Not listening at all. Like she's focused, she's practicing hypnobirthing and um, focused on what she. And she has doing. a baby literally right there. Like, yeah. And you can't have uh, a conversation at that point, unmedicated. Yeah. And so, you know, again, I didn't have the birth plan on and think I didn't have the birth plan with me. And thankfully Sierra had already shown, she had shown up at that point and um i kind of looked at her for advice and she gave me a very like slight shake of the head and um and i realized that because she she did have a digital version of our birth plan and that's when i went to the doctor because we had a moment and i pulled the doctor aside and i said you know i think when ashley was in not in a birthing state of mind she had told me that she did not want to do that um, for, for personal reasons. And, um, do we have another, is there another method that we can go about it? Do we have some sort of compromise that we can do? And the doctor kind of looked at me and was like, yeah, we can do like a micro dose of some sort where we just inject a tiny bit into her. Cause she is hemorrhaging. Um, but it's not bad. And I, I think that will be fine. And I said, you know, that, that that's a great compromise. Thank you. Um, let, let's go about it that way. Cause Ashley didn't want to do Pitocin because of her anxiety and, um, what that could, cause isn't, it's true that like, if you do a drip of it, it heightens the risk of postpartum anxieties as I understand it. And I think as we understand it, so that was our compromise, um, a small injection of Pitocin to stop the hemorrhaging, that was happening and then we could just move forward. And, um, I think it, I think it worked out well for us. You know, 
it did what it needed to do. And then also I, I feel that it helped Ashley later down the road. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Part of the hypnobirthing and, and the, um, the idea behind it is that, you know, I wanted to be in a hospital for the safety net of the fact that if any complications arose, you know, that I'd have any type of doctor that we needed to help us, you know, in that complication. But as for giving birth, I don't think that is, you're not sick when you're giving birth. It's a natural thing that women, our bodies are made to do. And, you know, if you, I think if you tamper with things too much, you really are, you know, you're not allowing your body to do what it is instinctively meant to do. And so, you know, um, that's why I chose unmedicated and doing it the most natural, you know, the most natural way that I, that I could, um, you know, and again, we're, we're not no judgment to anybody. Everybody has a different birthing story and everybody takes, uh, you know, differently and that's okay. This is just the way I had chosen because I was trying to prevent um, postpartum depression and anxiety because of my past. I knew that I was statistically was already, uh, at a higher risk of postpartum than other women because of my mental um, uh, diagnosis before um, getting pregnant. And so right. this was my, this was my way of trying to avoid it. Um, knowing it's informed that, consent. Know, I mean, you, you knew the risks yeah. and the benefits. You had that conversation with your provider beforehand and you, you know, collectively made a decision with that and move, kind of move forward. So you ended up getting yeah. kind of that shot of Pitocin after the delivery. Uh, do you remember the delivery? I, I remember one part. I don't know. I just from Sierra's recollection, I remember you uh, got like a Charlie horse as you were oh, pushing and had to like, she had to like massage that out. Was that like as you were pushing or like right after or something? So I had actually, he was born and like, they had uh, like put, put him up on my chest. I had like, we hadn't cut the umbilical cord or anything. And like, you know, I'm like so happy and everything and, and also exhausted. And Chase is like, you know, obviously right up where he can see rain and everything. And then all of a sudden, so Chase is on my left side and Sarah's on my right and rain's on my chest. And all of a sudden, and my, my feet are in those stirrups and, my right leg calf just like seizes up. It's like the oh, worst no. Charlie horse ever. And I'm going, Chase, Chase, ow, ow, Chase. And he's like, what? And I was like, wait, I got a Charlie horse. I, and like, help me. And he's like, what do you want me to do? I'm like, massage it. So he, like, he comes around and he's massaging it, but he's also really wants to be with rain. And like, so he's, but he can't really get then. to him. And yeah. so he like ends up like dropping my leg at one point, like I I'm going to see my son, which I don't blame him, but I still having <laughs> Charlie Horn. So Sierra goes, how can I help you? What do you usually do in this? And I was like, I get up and I walk around and she was like, okay, well we can't do that. So, uh, so she starts like moving my, um, moving my ankle, like in a yeah. walking, in, in walking motion. So anyway, she was able to help me relieve it, but it was like, it was just so funny because like during apparently again, I, you know, I was in my zone apparently during the whole, uh, birth, I was very like controlled and calm and everything. And then all of a sudden it's because I'd come out of the zone and now all of a sudden I can feel everything. And I was just like, you know, and she's like, 
She's like, you just went unmedicated through birth and you're upset because you have a Charlie horse. And I was like, yeah, it hurt really bad. She said that you, that you told her that the Charlie horse was worse than giving birth, which I, oh, I can't tell you waking up to that text on 4th of July morning. It just kind of had me just smiling the whole day long. I was like, that's how it should be. Charlie horses should hurt worse than birth. Like that's fantastic. <laughs> I loved it. It was, it was, wor- it was bad, but yeah, after, it. after that, it was like the rest of the time in the hospital was just really smooth. Um, you know, Rain was born um, five pounds, seven ounces. So he was considered low birth weight. Um, and he was 39 weeks, so he wasn't premature. Um, so they were a little bit concerned about, uh, you know, him not losing, you know, they say that statistically babies before they leave the hospital lose like 10% of their body weight. Um, mm-hmm. um, but they did not want him to because he was so small. And so we, while we were in the hospital, we learned uh, triple feeding. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was something we had to learn about where I was breastfeeding with colostrum. And then we actually got milk from the milk bank in Austin and we were giving breast milk uh, that was donated, which was Mm -hmm. really awesome just to get it through until my milk came in. So that was really great. Yeah. Um, But yeah, that. I love it. Well, I know we're going to get more into your postpartum experience in the next part, but I really loved hearing about your birth from from this perspective. It's just it's such a such a cool cool story. I'm also just thinking about it here. I wonder if his low birth weight had anything to do with your uterus being small. Like he just didn't have as much space to to grow. So maybe I don't know. Maybe that's part of it. Also, you're a small person, so that kind of makes sense. I don't know. Thank y'all so much for coming in on this part. Um, and we'll tune in next week to hear part two, all about your postpartum. I know there's some really exciting stuff there. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah. Thank you. Talk to you next week. Thank you for joining us on birth baby. Thanks again to longing for Orpheus for our music. You can look him up on Spotify. Remember to leave a review, share, and follow wherever you get your podcasts. See you next week.